It's about that time again. Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to the Bible and Coffee Show. Amen. I'm your host, Pastor Maurice Anderson from Praise by Nature Ministries, and I am so excited and elated that you are tuning in to our show today. Amen to God. Now, if you have not noticed already, we are studying the Word of God, and we will have a cup of coffee with us. So stay tuned out. blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So for a couple of moments or two, amen, I would like for you to turn with me, amen, to the book of um, Philippians, amen. Um, uh, turn with me to the book of Philippians um, chapter uh, 4, amen. Philippians chapter 4, amen. And that's where we will be taking our text uh, for today. Amen. Hallelujah. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And when you have it, just say amen. Hallelujah. Amen to God. Hallelujah. So, um, we're going to read the scripture. Amen. And then we'll go with the word of prayer here. Amen. So, the Bible reads in Philippians 4. It simply says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to read it one more time. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. Hallelujah. Amen. I also want you to... Amen. Uh, turn with me to uh, Philippians 3 and 15 here. Amen. For our subtext here. And Philippians 3 and 15, I'll read it in your hearing. Amen. Uh, it says, let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. And also, I want you to peruse with me to Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Amen. The scripture reads, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. 23 says, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. So for a couple of moments, amen, I want to talk to you on the subject, one word, clarity. I want to talk to you today about clarity, amen, and how clarity is very important. The Lord has dropped, dropped this into my spirit, amen, uh, yesterday, hallelujah, I was going another way and he kind of dropped this into my spirit. I said, okay, God, we're going to do what we do here. Amen. And so, basically, brothers and sisters, um, in this society, in this time, just like in the days of old, amen, and in the days of new, Father, bless me 
Amen. Take the take uh, take control of me. Lead me and guide me in Jesus' name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, uh, in the times and in the societies that we are in, amen, there's always been a push for clarity. Now, I'm not talking about clarity in the sense, amen, of, 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 clarity in the sense, amen, where we're just trying to be free and all of that kind of good stuff. But in this case, I'm talking about clarity, amen, in the instance of being free and getting a understanding and understanding how to shift and when to shift and how to move and when to move. You see, clarity in life, it, it deals, it can deal with relationships, getting a clarity, getting an understanding in a relationship between friends or husbands or wife. It can be spiritual clarity, amen, when somebody is seeking spiritual guidance to get spiritual clarity so that they can move and breathe in the spiritual realm. And I want to tell you that, amen, in this time, many people seek on a daily basis a way to connect with the supernatural realm. And with this, and with this intent, they are seeking the supernatural realm to gain some type of clarity, to gain some type of insight, to gain some type of, of, of relief, amen, or released from pain, from issues, from problems. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's always with the intent, amen, to how can I gain something or can I get healed? Can I get freed from something? And so we see here with clarity in mind, some seek to get, it, get advice, amen, from things of this world. When we talk about clarity, we're talking, amen, where people are making a choice to seek somebody, amen, godly or ungodly. I'm going to hit that in a minute. But some seek to get advice, amen, from ungodly counsels to advance their clarity, amen. Some seem to make decisions, amen, based on this clarity of ungodly counsel. And while seeking clarity can be a good thing, it also is important as just as seeking clarity, it's also important to whom you're seeking clarity from. Because oftentimes, sometimes we seek clarity from people who are not qualified to give us clarity. I'm not telling, amen, things about if you got to have a degree. I'm not talking about having a degree or anything like that. But the Bible becomes very clear here when we take counsel, amen, and we're trying to establish clarity here. The Bible says in Psalms 1 and 1, hallelujah, makes it clear. It says that how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scarf, scarfer, scoffers. The Psalms here seems to suggest to us, amen, that taking counsel from an ungodly individual, ungodly person, it's not good. The Bible says you are blessed when you take counsel, amen, 
to get clarity, uh, amen, uh, from, from a godly person, amen. But when you take clarity from an ungodly or wicked individual or wicked society or groups of people, you're essentially telling God or you're essentially indicating that you are not blessed. Hmm. You see, because wicked people and people who have ungodly motives, all they want to do is harm you and lead you away from God. They want to lead you away by leading you into having familiar spirits. They want to push you away from God. They want to put something else and inject it into your spirit away from God. Now, watch this here. Watch this here. The interesting thing here is that, like I opened up, on a daily basis, there are folk that are liking to seek God for clarity, but they're also doing extracurricular things outside of God to, to kind of compensate their clarity. Now, watch this. When we seek, seek an ungodly counsel to get clarity, a lot of times they suggest that you do things that draws you away from God. For an example, amen, they may ask you to do some type of meditation, some type of yoga. They may ask you to do some type of Reiki healing. Reiki healing, amen, is synonymous or connected with Hinduism, and it's all about energy. Some may try to get clarity, or some may try to take counsel, amen, and cast their cares upon, amen, drugs, liquor, alcohol, to, to, to either cast their cares or to numb themselves from the issue, trying to get some type of clarity. I want to tell you that this is a dangerous thing because when you're seeking clarity, in a sense, you are casting your cares upon that thing that you're seeking clarity from. When you do yoga, when you do these type of treatments, you are relieving yourself and cast and emptying your mind and casting your cares to a familiar spirit. And when you are doing this, you are putting those things in control of your cares. Mm. You see, you see, we, we, we have to get away from these familiar spirits that are lurking within the body of Christ. We can't serve God and cast our cares to a Reiki center. Mm. You oh, God, I feel like shouting here. You can't cast your cares, amen, to a bottle, to alcohol, to drugs, and think that that is going to internally heal you and give you the clarity that you need to succeed in the things of God. Yes, clarity, 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 clarity is synonymous with or it's cousins with casting your cares upon something. This is why Psalm says, blessed the man who takes counsel not in the ungodly because casting your cares is a serious thing. And we see here in the text that Paul is, going to, is telling the church that no matter what you are going through, 
if you cast your cares on the Lord and start to rejoice in the Lord, you are going to get victory over your issue and you're going to be able to have clarity to move forward in your life with the things of God. Clarity, clarity, mm, clarity. I, it, this is worth repeating again. This is worth repeating again to, for me. When, and I want to say it as plainly as I can, when you seek ungodly counsel or godly counsel, either way, at that point, you are casting your cares upon who you're seeking, okay? If, and this was just profound how the Lord explained this to me, if you are doing these type of other extracurricular treatments outside of God, that are not that people that are not spirit-filled and God-led, you are casting your cares to a familiar spirit. And when you are casting your cares to a familiar spirit, those familiar spirits are going to continue to be familiar, but lead you away and astray from the things of God. Let's be honest. How many of us have cast our cares at one point in time? to a familiar spirit thinking it was God? How many of us at one particular time may have drowned our sorrow in a bottle, drowned our sorrow, sorrows in drug or alcohol to suppress what we feel in order to think that we're going to get clarity by suppressing how we feel and what we feel? Let's be honest. We all have done that in one point of our life. Maybe not alcohol, maybe not drugs. But the point is still clear. Paul is suggesting to the church that it's imperative that you begin to rejoice in God and not rejoice in the cares of this world. Not cast your cares on the things of this world because casting your cares on the things of this world is the most dangerous thing that you can ever do in your life. Listen to what Peter says about casting care. Peter says, in 1 Peter 5 and 7, it says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. We are supposed to, as Paul is saying, to cast our cares upon the Lord. Watch what he says in the Amplified Version. Casting your whole cares. All your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Casting your cares should not be a chore, but it should be a reality. It should be a daily thing that gets you in the place to receive clarity from God to handle your issues. God will not only give you clarity through scripture, he will lead you to the right individuals who are 
are, are spirit-filled and working for God to help you get clarity on the thing so that you don't fall by the wayside. We are in a time in a society where people are not seeking clarity from God, but seeking clarity from things of this world. And they don't understand that you're seeking clarity from the things of this world. This is a familiar spirit, and their job is to draw you away from God. Their job is to draw you away from God. Their job is not to keep you with God. Their job is to draw you away from God. And I'm sorry to say this, but, 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 but as believers in Christ, we are getting this bad because we are one day seeking God, the next day seeking the world, the next day seeking God, the next day seeking the world. And the Bible says that you can't serve two masters. You're going to love one and hate the other. The Lord is trying to tell you something. The Lord is, going to show, is trying to show you something here through this scripture when we are to rejoice in the Lord. Again, look at that scripture. It says rejoice. And again, I'll say rejoice. Now, you say, well, pastor, what is really the issue here? The issue is, is that in the time that Paul is in, when he's writing to this church, he's writing to a group of people who are divided in the church. He's writing to a group of people who have lost their joy, who have lost it all, who have lost the zeal of God, who have lost serving God, who are discombobulated, confused, upset, because the church is not unified. It's divided. It's, 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 it's not the place that they want to be at. You got folk that were coming to church to just come to church as a chore instead of rejoicing in God, instead of having a joyful spirit in the Lord. Instead of coming into the house of the Lord with thanksgiving in the heart, they're coming to the house of the Lord, amen, with an attitude and like, well, I'm just here to be here. And the devil is a liar. And if you're coming to just come to church to just check a box, baby, then you need some clarity and you can't get that clarity from doing these tactical breathings and things outside of God. You need clarity from Jesus to, act, to, 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 to look at the problem and address it and move forward so that you can get your joy back. Mm, shock, glory. It's here that Paul here is saying, I need you to flip the script. I need you to rejoice. Right? Rejoice has a meaning of to feel happiness or joy. Amen. Whatever happened to you having joy? Whatever happened to you smiling in the things of God? We've gotten too serious. Amen. That's the time to be serious. Like, you know, hey, when I'm getting ready to, when God is getting ready to speak to me to preach, I ain't smiling at the time because I'm trying to understand what he's trying to say in my life. Amen. But there is a time for, for, for being serious, but there's also a time for rejoicing and revitalizing that connection with God. The Philippian church is not different from the church today. 
Because we got many people who are getting tired of God. And so they are doing things to make it make God be better, like he can't, like 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 he's bad or something. People come up with these different concepts and mechanisms to do things to trick you. Watch what this says. The Bible lets us know, again, that Paul says to rejoice. And what is one of the fruits of the Spirit? Is to, to love and to have joy. So Paul is, Paul is not giving you an antidote that is unbiblical. <laughs> he is giving you an antidote because he says that if you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you, the fruit of that spirit that is on the inside of you is connected to you having joy and peace. The society or the issues that you're going through or the issues in the Philippian church means that they were losing their peace and they didn't have peace anymore. And because they didn't have peace anymore, they lost their joy. Because when you don't have peace and you're uncertain in your spirit, you lose your joy because you're always frustrated, mad, and want to slap somebody all the way to the, to, to the next block because there's something on the inside that's messing with you. And Paul is saying, I need you to flip the script. When something is messing on the inside of you, I need you to get your joy back by any means necessary. What he's really saying is, I need you to reconnect with God. Now, a lot of times mm, when we see this passage about joy, rejoicing, we, we associate it with praise. And there's nothing wrong with giving God praise. Believe me, there is a time where you do need to praise. Scripture tells us here in Isaiah that Isaiah 61 and 3 says, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them garland interest of ashes, the oil of gladness in the morning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, so, so they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. The mantle of praise instead of the spirit of fainting. This is synonymous with giving God praise for the spirit of heaviness. Paul is saying, you're going to have to go through some things, but you're going to have to learn how to praise and give God admiration for the heaviness that you're going through. Now, let's, 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 because, 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 the Lord was just like pouring on me on this. Now watch this. We, so let me, before I go there. So the question you have to ask yourself is that after the praise is done, what happens next? Because when praise is done, there needs to be some instruction and direction to stay delivered. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. There, there has to be some instruction and direction to stay delivered, to continue to maintain the joy and the peace. Because in this season that we focus on, we focus on praise more than anything else. I was watching the YouTube video. I had to turn it off 
where the whole YouTube video was just one church and they were filming how people were doing their footwork when they were praising. I mean, they was moving their foot up and down and right. They was doing better than an electric slide for 12, look, for 12 minutes. Nobody was receiving the spirit. Everybody's mouth was closed. Right? <laughs> and then after that, you just sit down. The Lord is showing me this because we have turned praise into a, 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 a substitute of all things, meaning this. We, begin, we are treating praise like a drug <laughs> because when people praise, after they praise and they leave the church, their problems are meeting them outside the door because they didn't get any clarity, no instruction, no direction, didn't ask God. They just shouted their problems away. So, well, pastor, that's not true. Well, can I tell them myself? Because I was one of them. Oh, I was one of them. When I was going through some things, all I heard was, I can't wait to get to the house of the Lord on Sunday and praise. And I was cutting the rug. But because I wasn't asking for clarity and direction after my problems were still waiting for me outside the church walls. Because I was just focused on making sure I had a dance right. I wasn't focused on being delivered and getting my peace back. I got a momentary peace. It's no different than you drinking a bottle or smoking some weed. You're getting a momentary satisfaction. But Paul is saying to rejoice in the Lord to get an everlasting satisfaction. Mm, not a momentary satisfaction. We are treating praise like a drug. Matter of fact, folk that been in church says that if nobody runs around the church, then God ain't there. Is that really the truth? Is that really the truth? Shouldn't it be people getting delivered by any means necessary? You don't have to run around to be delivered. The Lord can just sit on you right there. I remember one time I was in service and... I felt the spirit of God just sit on me so much, but it lifted the things that are within me. I didn't run around. I didn't holler, but I got delivered because I got clarity. Clarity is going to bring deliverance. Clarity is going to bring deliverance. We may praise to shake off to, to break what's holding us back. But we can't stop there. We have to keep moving forward and say, God, what do I do next to maintain this clarity? Now that I'm free, now that my spirit is lifted, now I need clarity. Mm. Because if not, this is what happens, and the Lord will show me this. If you continue to be a praiseaholic without getting totally delivered or addressing your issues, you become an individual that has to go to multiple services, have to listen to shouting music all day. You have to keep recreating that environment over and over again and taking these breaks over and over again to suppress what you're going through instead of dealing with what you're going through.
Paul said to rejoice, to get joy in the Lord, to be released, to, to understand how to handle the environment that, he, that they're in. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So Paul tells them how to counteract the division is to get their joy back in the Lord. Now watch this. There becomes a process of getting your joy back. Got a couple, I got a couple steps here. The first process is the getting it out phase. What's the getting it out phase? That's the praising, that's the screaming, that's the yelling, that's the talking to somebody, getting out your system. You may call it venting. But in order to gain clarity, you first have to confess and get out what's messing with you. Mm -hmm. So we have the getting it out phase. And a lot of times, we stay just at the getting it out phase. I know I'm telling the truth because I was one that was just staying at the get it out phase. I just got to get it out. I just got to get it out. But I never went to step two. And that would be now that I get it out, now that I'm free from that yoke of bondage, now I have clearer access and a clearer mind to now talk to God to address the issue on why I need to get it out in the first place. So I have the addressing phase. This is now addressing the issue with God because I'm trying to rejoice in the Lord. I'm trying to get clarity. I want to stay free. So now that I've gotten it out, now I need to address it with God. And then, once I begin to address it, I'm going to find out that I need to be restored. So now I move to the restoration phase. This is going to lead me to repent from my wrongdoing, forgive others that have done me wrong because a lot of times I'm in a funky attitude because somebody did me wrong and I ain't forgave them. And the Bible says that if I don't forgive them, I ain't going to be forgiven. But I can't get to the restoration phase if I don't address the issues. And I can't get to the restoration phase if at least I don't get it out. There's only so much you can do until you got to address it. Glory to your name. Then, then when I do the restoration phase, I then have to go to the reconnection phase. I have to go to realigning myself with God's word and his will and his way of doing it. Saying, not my will, but your will be done. Not my might, but your power, God. I have to decrease myself and say, God, less of me and more of you so that I can be realigned with you. 
And this reconnected phase is God's grace. Because I don't deserve to be reconnected, but by his grace. He's reconnecting me. And then I move. Then I move to the clarity phase. This is the result of direction and instruction to continue to maintain the peace and the joy that I need or how to handle a situation. Listen, there are a lot, there were times in my life where the situation didn't change, but how I viewed it changed because I went through this process to get clarity. Folk were still talking about me. Folk were still cutting me up. And instead of me getting mad because that power they had over me has been released, I was able to see for what it was and rebuke the spirit and keep on moving and not be phased and keep my peace because I got clarity. But I had to go through a phase process to rejoice. He doesn't, Paul doesn't say one time, but he says it twice. He doesn't just say it in chapter 4, but he says it in chapter 3. That he's putting a premium on you rejoicing and going through a process to get clarity and handle your issue God's way and not your way. So what folk are funking in the church and they're divided? Does that mean you are divided with God? Oh, it may be I need to disconnect from so-and-so because they're rubbing my spirit the wrong way, causing me to be divided like them. Okay, well, now I have the power now because I went through a process to address why I was funky in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. What did I do? I cast my cares upon the Lord. And sometimes God will lead me to call somebody that I know I can trust. And we can have a conversation and then not get on the national and don't get on 10 o'clock news. Huh? The Bible, Bible doesn't say just talk to the Lord. He says don't take counsel from the ungodly. Because the ungodly is going to lead you to a familiar spirit that seems right but is wrong. And watch this. Even if people are catfighting and dogfighting in the body of Christ, you got the Holy Ghost for yourself, and you have access to have a personal relationship with God for yourself. So how come you are not seeking God for yourself to gain your personal relationship and grow personally with the Lord? That part. Jesus died not to just give the leadership his spirit, but everybody his spirit. This is why we see that God has to be the source of our joy. God is the source of our joy. Psalms 34 and 7 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Samuel, 1 Samuel 2 and 1 says, Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart 
exalt in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth speaks boldly against my enemies because I, what, rejoice in your salvation. My mouth speaks boldly against the enemies because I have taken joy in your deliverance. Hannah was waiting for a child and was going to the altar on a yearly basis. And while people were talking smack about her, she said, I am going to find joy in your deliverance. In the midst of people stabbing me in the back with their words. And what happened? She had a son. So you mean to tell me if she can do this, why can't you do this? She didn't have the Holy Ghost evidence speaking all this kind of stuff back then. It's the Old Testament. But she trusted God. You see, when we cast our cares to the ungodly realm, we are telling God that we don't fully trust that you are capable to handle my issue. Paul doesn't say, go call Tyrone, go call X, Y, and Z. He says, go talk to the Lord and find your joy. Paul says it's because he's been in house arrest. There are times where he can't go call Timothy to come right now. But who can he call on? Jesus. You think Paul didn't have to go through a restoration process and find his joy while he's locked in jail for a crime he did not commit? What crime did he commit? Nothing. He just preached the gospel and people got mad. John 15, 11 says, these things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Christ speaks of these things, that his joy be in you. There's a premium on having his joy. I hear that song now. Joy, joy, God's great joy. This unspeakable joy. I hear Janine's mom singing right now. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. That is the joy, ladies and gentlemen, that the Lord is talking about. A unexplainable, a un, you cannot define it really, that type of joy. And that's the joy that he wants you to have. But you can't get that if you just stay in the get it out phase. Because you just get a a momentary joy. But he said, I want to give you everlasting joy. What did he tell Paul? Paul wanted these thorns to be taken away from him. He says, my grace is sufficient. That if you lean into my grace, you're going to get that joy that you need. To walk over your issues. We as God's people have to find our joy in him. Psalms 4 and 7 says, you have put gladness in my heart more than when their grain and new wine abound. And Chronicles 16 and 10 says, glory, his, glory in his name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. So if I choose to rejoice in the Lord over my issues, Right? This is going to start the healing and restoration process. Mm -hmm. This is going to start me to, it's going to put me in a position to forgive and settle any dispute. It's going to reconnect connect me with the Lord in the way that the Lord does things. 
let his will be done. It's going to give me clarity when I begin to rejoice the way that God would have me to rejoice and not rejoice because I just got to get it out, but I don't never go through anything. This is why Paul talked about this in Philippians 3.15, that if you don't have that revelation yet, God will give it to you. Again, he's saying, God is the source of revelations. Let me explain what clarity means, and I'm going to be up out of here. Clarity means simply to make plain, to make clear, to reveal, make known, and it's also linked to manifest. Again, clarity is to make plain, to make clear, to reveal, to make known, reveal, to make known, and it's also linked to manifest. Both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, manifest describes God's revelation of himself or his purpose to the world. Characteristically, God and his purpose are hidden from understanding of sinful humans until he chooses to make himself known. Mm -hmm. Listen to these, listen to these scriptures. I won't read them all, but if, if you want, um, a copy of this, please text us, and we will give you a copy. You can take Jesus at his word when getting clarity. So watch this. There was a bunch of passages that talked about clarity in the Bible, and it all talked about clear, concise, making it plain, and getting an understanding. The Lord wanted the children of Israel to get an understanding, so he wrote the Ten Commandments on a tablet, right? He wrote other laws to make it plain and to get understanding. We have a Bible to make it plain and to get understanding. The Lord talked in parables to make things plain and for folk to get an understanding. Those who had an ear, they would hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So in getting an understanding or in seeking clarity, you, number one, can take Jesus at his word. John uh, 4 and 50 says, Jesus said, go, your son live. The man believed the word, of, the word that Jesus spoke, and he it spoke to him and started off. Clarity is going to come through faith, and that faith comes through the word of God. The Bible tells us in Romans 10 and 17, so faith comes from hearing and what? Hearing the word of God. Clarity is going to come by receiving revelation from God. When we're in the addressing faith, right? We, have, we got it out. It's almost like sometimes where people are calling and they just call you to vent to get it out because they got to get out of their system, right? Because it just don't feel right. And you on the other line, you just listen because there's nothing really to say. <laughs> you got to let them talk and get it out. Well, now, now after that's getting out, if they ask the question, well, now let's address it, right? And in that addressing phase, addressing the restoration, restoration phase, you're going to see revelation and insight from God. Galatians 1 and 12 says, for I neither received it from man, nor I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. This is where... 
we see clarity going through the Bible as guided, meaning that the Lord reveals his truth. What's interesting here is that God tells us that we can ask for discernment. Psalms 119 and 125 says, I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. You see, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. Seek the Lord. Call out to the Lord. You can ask him for discernment and understanding, and he'll give it to you. Ain't that something? He'll give it to you. You can ask God for prayer for inner peace. Psalms 139, 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any hurtful way in me and lead me in an everlasting way. Y'all ain't hearing me. You can pray for guidance. 1, Psalms 143 and 10. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on a level ground. And this last little quote here, it says, those who seek will find. We know the scripture, ask, seek, and knock at Matthew, but Proverbs 8 and 7 says, I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, listen. There's something that's very critical here. Paul tells the church that you and I need to rejoice in the Lord. He tells us that in order to get this clarity that you need, in order to fight the society that you and I live in, in order to battle the things that we are doing, there's a few things. There's a few things that we have to do. The first thing is, as believers, we cannot take counsel in the ungodly. The ungodly and the wicked job is to lead you astray. And the, and the way that the Lord put this to me is the ungodly is going to use familiar spirits and tactics to move you away from him. Because that spirit does not want you to be entangled with God. It does not want you to seek God. And so while you are trying to seek spiritual enlightenment, you don't need to go no further then call on the name of Jesus. We take that word meditate to mean that I have to cast over something, clear my mind. But from a biblical perspective, I am to keep uttering the spirit, the, the, the words of God in a low voice. Faith comes by hearing. Med God set it up for you to meditate, to speak the word in a low tone in your voice. He doesn't want you to be led and drawn away from a demonic spirit or a demonic system. But too many of our people are, 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 are one foot in the sand and one foot in the water. They, they go to church and they pray, but then they do other things. 
that are drawing them away, and then they can't realize that they can't they can't realize why they are unstable. That they're double-minded. A double-minded tell a double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. Why? Because they don't they don't have a right mind. They're going back and forth, left and right. And God is saying, I want you to be stable, but you got to be stable through me. You can't serve me and then try to and cast your cares upon this demonic realm and think that it's okay. And then you come and make a Gnostic gospel in the church. The Philippian church is dealing with this. Somebody got beside themselves and started teaching another way. You can't do that. God wants you to get clarity. God wants you to get insight in him. God wants you to progress in him. He wants you to have your joy, your peace back. I hear that song, give me that joy that I can't explain. Give me that. Give me my joy and peace back. And it's more than you two-stepping. It is getting it out. It's addressing it. It's being restored from why you needed to get out, what you need to get out. It's reconnecting with the end result of getting that clarity and instruction and direction to navigate this walk called life. You want to navigate this walk called life. These are things that you and I must do. We must do. When we feel something in our spirit, we got to start navigating it right then and right there. Because if we don't, all hell is going to break loose in our lives. Why? Because we're navigating the wrong way. This is why we have on the screen our next steps. And that if you need prayer, you can call us now. And what are our next steps? Our next steps are working on our behavior. It's acknowledging that the Lord is our Savior. Is asking for forgiveness and getting connected with a Bible-based church. Why are, why are these important? Because we, our motto here is serving God, who is the changer of lives. First lady, I know that we can lead you to water, but ultimately the increase or the change or the revelation is not going to come from us. God is going to give you the insight and revelation you need. And you can only get that through Christ. You can't get that through me. I can teach you something, and God has to still sprinkle it. The Bible says one water, one plant is, but what? God gives what? The increase. I want you to accept the increase of God today, and I want you to look at this from a different perspective. Just don't, just don't, just don't stop out of praise because praise is just opening the door it's just lifting that weight that you need it is it is connecting you to the source of your strength to give you the joy that you need to now go through the other processes to receive direction i'm not telling you that i don't do and that i that i don't do it's tried and true tried and true tried and true. Why? Because I had to say, God, there has to be more. There has to be more. 
I have to be able to be in, I have to be able to get my sanity. They'll, they'll tell you I had to get, I had to get my sanity. I remember one time I thought the only way I can get the Holy Ghost is I got to have worship music and I got to be crying. I mean, it's just things that happen until we start to grow. And the number one key thing that Paul says that he shows us is do not stop seeking God. Whatever you are going through, the worst thing that you can do is stop talking to God. Don't do that. Don't do that at all. Brothers and sisters, let us pray. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you in advance for the revelation, the insight, and the anointing of this word. Father, we pray that if those that are bound by, by any type of system are affected by a church issue or a society issue, that they don't cast their care upon the wicked or wicked tactic. That they cast their cares upon you because you care. You said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, Father, we pray right now that a restoration healing process will happen and that every individual going through something will get clarity from you and that they will that you will restore the joy of their salvation and give them peace and joy that surpasses all understandings so that they can continue to be a pillar and an ambassador for you, Father. We pray against the hand of the enemy. We pray against the connections, God, and we lose your revelation and bind the hands of the wicked. Father, we give you.